All right, all right. Rock on, Coralie yells. You have exactly half an hour until the ship sails. Mima turns to Mom and smiles. You don't mind, do you, Alice? I told Bert's dad you'd drive. Mom and Coralie follow me into the bedroom. I stare into the closet like it will magic the perfect outfit out of thin air. But how do you pick what to wear when you don't know where you're going? Warm or cold? Definitely jacket weather, Coralie says, and sits down at Mima's old sewing machine in the corner. I stare some more. Corduroys, sweaters, jeans, t-shirts, two winter dresses, and three summer ones. Behind me, I hear the pump, pump, whir of the sewing machine. Coralie's got her foot to the pedal, and the empty needle bops up and down. Do I have to wear a dress? Do I look like your mother? No, no, you do not. Mom pipes up. Honey, I'm not sure about this. It is 25 degrees out. She puts a hand to the window. Why don't your friends stay here? You all can watch a movie. We haven't said more than two words since I found her with those papers her grandpa last night. I'm going. Where are my red leggings? Oh, I've got just the perfect thing to go with those. Coralie jumps up and runs down the hallway. I hear the door open and slam shut. I can't hear anything else. I wonder what Bert's doing in there with Mima and Grandpa. Probably reciting the state capitals or mapping the stars or something. Mom turns from the window and her hand leaves a foggy outline like a ghost. You need more than leggings. Where's your long underwear? I am not wearing long underwear. Ellie, I don't want you to catch a cold. I yank on my leggings but can't get them all the way up. It's easier on the bed, but I don't want to take the time to get myself out of my chair. I am not a baby, I say, which would have been much more impressive if she hadn't been pulling my leggings up over my bottom. I know that. I don't think you do. I hear the door open and shut and Coralie's feet pounding down the hallway. Got him. She's holding her white sweatshirt with the glitter heart and a red feather boa. The best thing about mom driving is that I can pretend she's not here. Bert's up front giving directions because he won't tell even her where we're going, which proves he is much cooler than people give him credit for. It's mid-afternoon now, but still sunshiny, and I close my eyes for just a minute because it's warm in here. Next to me, Coralie is humming something about the Chattachoochee River, and already this is better than my old dance. Half an hour later, we pull into a parking lot. It's totally empty. There's a white fence running around the block with a tiny building about the size of Mima's cannon shed in front, and that's it. I can't see what's behind the fence. We'll take it from here, Mrs. Cohen. Bert holds his hand out to shake hers, but she ignores him. She's squinting at the building as well as we all unload. I say, building? But now that I'm closer, I think technically it's what you would call a shack, like the kind they serve snow cones from at the beach. The walls are big sheets of plywood nailed together and painted white like the fence. There's a counter, but it's taller than I can see over. Bert runs around the back and pops up behind the counter like a puppet. He unrolls a canvas sign and it falls down the front. 
I read in bright blue letters, Bill and Will's Pup-Pup Emporium. Ta-da, Coralie says, and twirls in a circle. Miniature golf is the perfect anti-Valentine's Day activity, right? Mom shakes her head. Ladies, Bert says, and passes down golf clubs. Bill and Will, I say. My twin brothers, they built the place. Your parents named your brothers Bill and Will? He shrugs. They didn't know they were having twins. They only put, picked out one name. We choose our ball colors out of a bucket. I'm purple, Coralie's red, Bert is blue. While we wait for Bert to unlock the gate, mom leans over me and taps my jacket where I've got my phone. Her breath makes a cloud. I'll be here if you need me. You call me when you're done or if you get too cold.